In Genesis, uh, we are uh, at chapter 12. Last week, we talked about the first three verses. We talked about it more about its context, how it fits into the first 11 chapters. Uh, we went through the verses themselves uh, uh, and, uh, and, and mentioned its relationship to the New Covenant. Well, there's enough in Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3, that we're going to revisit it again. And, uh, and only because uh, that uh, I would like to be able to move through Genesis, we could stay in Genesis chapter 12 for weeks, okay? But uh, we're going to go with weeks as in two uh, for uh, 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 chapter 12, 1 to 3. So we want to begin by understanding something about God and creation and why he created and uh, and, uh, uh, and what it means uh, to be an image bearer of God. Okay? When God created uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, uh, one of the wonderful things that we're able to see, and we talked about this, so I'm not going to unpack the whole thing, I'm just going to kind of say it, is we want to remember that God created the whole world and everything in it for the benefit of mankind. Mankind is not like the earth. Mankind is not like the animals. It's not like God made, he made the earth, he made the stars, he made the sky, he made the animals, and he made man. No, man is different. Man is in a different category altogether. And that's why man is created last. Because God created the entire universe for humanity. To be an image bearer of God, to be created in the image and likeness of God, means to be infused with life. Life that can only be defined as the relationship of God to humanity. We may, uh, we can argue all night whether all dogs go to heaven, okay? And I think it would be great. Now, I hope C.S. Lewis was right, okay? You know, that, that's great. But no matter what, dogs do not have a relationship with God the way human beings do, okay? The eternal destiny of animals is not really that Shall I? I don't want to use important because I might get yelled at. Uh, uh, central to the message of the Bible. There you go. All right. I, I, the, uh, the, the relationship of humanity to God is the centerpiece. Not even just the destiny. The Bible is not just about dying and going to heaven. It isn't. It's about living in relationship with God. And so humanity has a different kind of relationship with God than everything else that there is. And so we can only define life and abundant life as we understand how humans experience it. In the garden, before there was sin, we have this beautiful picture of what life is. Life is uh, living in first and foremost in relationship with God. The fruit of that is enjoying the place. Enjoying the place. The garden was a marvelous place. And God said, enjoy it, live in it, eat from it. But it was not a hedonistic place. There was boundaries. There was limitation, right? We've, we covered all of that. So to live abundantly is to enjoy the place. God wanted them to enjoy the place. 
and to work it, to cultivate it. And we, we don't read about sweating uh, and about thistles and difficulty in life until there is sin. Okay, So God desired to bless them with the place. Then he also uh, desired uh, to bless them with descendants. Right? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the blessing. Now God gives that blessing. He gives a blessing of fruitfulness to animals as well. He does. But it's not the same. Yes, God blesses all of his creation. But blessing in relationship of, of human beings to God is different than any other kind of blessing, any other kind of procreation, any other kind of living at, at all. Okay? It's unique. And it's unique because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Okay? So the abundant life that we live is different from the abundant life of cows okay, or deer uh, or little dogs um, or nice trees, uh, whatever it may be. Okay? It's defined by that relationship with God. Now, there's a third way that a God uh, showed this abundant living. And that is the fact that he made two people and not one. And two people, you ready, that are not the same, that are not the same. In the creation of human beings, God purposely, by design, made men different from women. Okay, And it is a boundary that God has not called us to cross. All right, So uh, he created us different in order that humanity would be in relationship with each other. Relationship with God, but also as reflected then in relationship with each other. Beginning with a man and a woman, but then moving toward people groups, nations, tribes, tongues, nations, and, and, and all of that. Okay? Now sin, of course, gets in the way. God does not remove the blessing, but the blessing becomes twisted. But I'm going to suggest that the story of the Bible is not only about redemption, not only about uh, salvation, but salvation and redemption come under a larger heading, and that is God's desire for humanity to live well, live, have an abundant what the Bible calls an abundant life. Now, there's a word that we use for this that I haven't used yet, okay? And that is the word blessing. Blessing. We use the word all kinds of ways. And uh, after the first of the year, I'm going to be teaching a mini course on blessing. We use blessing a thousand different ways. Uh, we use blessing when we say a word of, you know, a word of encouragement to someone. Uh, we say blessing when we sing a song to God. We say blessing when we have uh, something good happens in our lives. We say blessing when we talk about our salvation. We say, what a blessing. And then if you ever try to define it, well, blessing is like a bless, you know, when you're blessed by God. That's a blessing. So what is blessing? Blessing is the infusion of life that God, in, in its fullest bloom, that God gives to humanity, okay? It is a definition, one might say, of relationship with God. Now, one of the ways I think that we muddle it up a little bit, but I understand it, 
because uh, you know it's very easy to do, uh, is that technically what we call blessings are really the fruit of blessings, the fruit of the blessing with a capital B. You know what I mean? In other words, the big B blessing is that God created us in his image and his likeness and we relate to him, okay? Uh, as a result of that, because of that, because of who we are and the way God made us to relate to him, he gives us fruit of blessing, meaning this abundant life, relationship, uh, fr- the, the earth to, to dwell in, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, um, and descendants, and more people, you know, children, whether there are children or just more people, okay? So when you come to chapter 12, Chapter 12 is not just simply about this is a promise of the coming of the Messiah and the Messiah is going to come through Abraham. It includes that, it's quite clear, because in Galatians chapter 3 and in the third chapter of the book of Acts and in about two or three other places, we read quite clearly that the uh, that when we read at the end of verse 3, which we looked at last time, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, is understood to be referring to the coming of the Messiah. But as I said at the very end of last week's message, that does not exhaust the meaning of this. It is about that, but it's not the end of that. In other words, once uh, Yeshua came, once the Messiah came, it did not end this promise. It did not end this promise. Israel, the, the, I should say, the children of promise, the sons of Jacob, the children of Israel, as we're called in the Bible, still have this unique blessing, which, I, which is for the purpose of being a blessing to the nations. So we'll just say it to cut to the chase. Israel is still called to be a blessing to the nations. Israel, the Jewish people, whether they're Messiah followers, not Messiah, the, the people are called to be a blessing to the nations. And the nations are still called to be a blessing to the Jewish people, to Israel. Okay? That did not end. That did not end. Because one reason we know that it has not ended is because the coming of the Messiah has not ended. This is not all there is, right? Uh, and that certainly is uh, a very, very important. So we want to take a look here, and uh, who knows, I may be even raising more questions, which may end up leading to a third uh, week of this. I don't know. We'll see. But I guess what I really should say is you can take the Torah course, uh, and we do talk about some of these things, uh, or a Genesis course and talk about some of these things. But the first thing we want to notice is the, uh, uh, today is the emphasis on bless. The emphasis on blessing, right? I, I, will ble- I, will, I, I will bless you. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? So Abraham, in, in a way here, becomes a, almost, you might say, like another Adam. That through, uh, originally through Adam and Eve would be the blessing of all people. But now we could say that God has called Abraham to be the father of blessing to humanity. Now, uh, it's quite clear here uh, that uh, we see here several particular ways 
that God blesses Abraham and, and the people, the, the Jewish people. Okay? Now, they're not all in, uh, I'm in these three verses, but God has blessed Israel in, in a number of different ways as we, uh, as we see them being the, this unique uh, people of God. So Abraham, and then we read through Abraham's descendants, uh, through Isaac and Jacob, and the, and the children of, of, uh, of Jacob, that Israel is to be this unique nation, this channel of blessing to the, um, to the nations. Okay, uh, We could say here uh, a few other observations before I move on here. A few other observations. One is that the blessing is more about the future than it is about the present. It's more about the future than it is about the present. When God says here that he's going to, um, uh, I will make you, make you a great nation, and I will bless you, make your name great, you'll be a blessing. It's true that in his life, Abraham was a blessing. But really, the promise is, as this unfolds, is the promise of descendants. Through you and your descendants, the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The fact is, is that Abraham, while he was a blessing, did not bless all the nations of the earth in his own life. He died, as it says in the book of Hebrews, he died without seeing the, you know, the, the full uh, result of the uh, promise of blessing. So uh, the blessing is, really comes uh, in the form of, uh, of, uh, of promise. Now, the blessing upon Israel comes in several different ways as the text of the Torah unfolds. First, of course, is we do see it here, uh, but we see it uh, throughout the, the text of the scripture, is this issue of descendants, right? When God says, I will make you a great nation, Abraham, I took note of that, right? Because we see that in chapter 15, for example, Abraham is worried. He's worried. It says uh, there, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your, your reward will be great. So Abraham's, Abraham, he doesn't say, Oh, what a relief. No. He says, what, will what God, what wilt thou give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram said, since thou hast given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. So then God tells him, that's, that's not how it's going to be, right? But then we see as this, uh, as the next, when we get to the next chapter, he's still, uh, we could use the word obsessed, preoccupied with who is my heir going to be, right? And so that's where the story of uh, Hagar comes in you know, in the birth of, uh, of Ishmael. And all the way through Abraham's life and Isaac's life and Jacob's life, as we read it in the Bible, there is great, there is great emphasis on who are the heirs? Who are the descendants going to be? We read a whole story about uh, uh, Abraham's servant going to, you know, his family in Mesopotamia to find a wife for Isaac, a whole story to find a wife for Isaac. Then, of course, uh, Rebecca has twins, Jacob and Esau. It takes up a lot of space 
uh, in the Scripture here about who is the son of blessing, who is going to be the heir. Then we have this, the longest story of all, that of, that of uh, Joseph, right? Uh, and that is really a story of who is going to be the heir which is a very interesting way to look at the story of, of, of Joseph. So we see here throughout the uh, book of uh, Genesis, and then it does certainly moves into Exodus as well, is about the descendants, the descendants. Uh, and to this very day, we could say that this promise is still true, that the seed of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are called to be a blessing to the nations, are called uh, uh, to be a blessing to the nations. And in order to be a blessing to the nations, in, in order to be a blessing in the sense of uh, enhancing life in this world, uh, whether we're talking about invisibly knowing the God of Israel or very, or very visibly uh, enhancing life in this world. Uh, Israel is to be good to the nations, and however that can be defined in what abundant life is. Okay, Israel is still called to uh, you know is still called to that calling, and uh, we see in the uh, well, it's true even in our very own community, and it's true around the world that the, um, the influence of the Jewish community around the world is far, far beyond the numbers of Jewish people in the world, right? The, uh, when you look at the percentage of, percentage of Jewish people in a community to the influence of Jewish people in a community, it's, it's ridiculous, right? I think about uh, not only in our own community, but think about Israel, the nation, the state of Israel. Israel is so small that when you look at a map of the world, the one word Israel can't even fit onto the, onto the part of the map that is the nation, right? And uh, it's tiny, yet the influence of that nation for good around the world is, is, is supernatural. The influence of the Jewish community around the world for good is indeed supernatural. It's part of this, this blessing, this promise of blessing that God made to Abraham. Now, of course, when the Messiah came, right, we read in John chapter 4, salvation is from the Jews. Most certainly, Israel brings forth the greatest Jew who ever lived, the greatest seed who ever lived, and that is Yeshua, the Messiah. And, and so Paul was right when he says that, uh, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, is pointing to the Messiah. Most definitely, most definitely. But the good news is, is that that verse continues to operate, continues to operate, okay? We could say that the, not only uh, the, um, the Jewish people in total, but you could also say that the remnant of Israel, the Messianic Jews make a much greater contribution to the, uh, to the world of Messiah followers than the numbers of Messianic Jews. You know, uh, the other day I was um, having lunch with, um, 
Michael Wolf, the rabbi of Beth Messiah in Cincinnati, and Jeff Adler, who's over in Indianapolis, and, and uh, some, uh, some other fellows as well. And we were talking about the days, those early days, you know, when the word messianic wasn't used by anybody. Uh, uh, and, and then you had, well, hardly anybody. And then you had the great revival, you know, in the late 1960s. And then the word messianic, this was, this was, um, this was radical. I mean, this was radical. That the word messianic began to be used by Jewish believers as a self-defining term. You understand what I'm saying? A self-defining term. In other words, prior to that time, prior to the late 60s, Jewish believers in the Messiah were called Hebrew Christians. Hebrew Christians. Okay? That was a term. That was everybody's Hebrew Christians. Okay? Once you had this, uh, this movement of God where so many Jewish young people became believers, and you had the birth of the congregational movement and all that, the self-definition began to change to messianic, okay? So much, uh, and, it, and it was radical, so much so that in 1972, the Hebrew Christian Alliance changed its name to the Messianic Jewish Alliance, and there was uh, no small disagreement over that uh, at the time, okay? Now, you Google messianic, it's everything, it's, uh, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? And that my, my point is, is that the reason there are Messianic Jewish congregations is because of this great work that God did in the hearts and lives of, of Jewish people to come to know Messiah. And they, along with supportive godly, wonderful uh, uh, Gentile believers in the Messiah, you had the proliferation of, of uh, this uh, congregational uh, movement. And, you know, uh, I can even remember the day when most churches never heard of celebrating Passover. Now churches do it all the time. Where'd that come from? Why do they do that? Just trace the history. Just trace it back. The proliferation of Jewish believers going and speaking in churches and educating Christians about the whole thing. Now, look at what a blessing, you know, that is and, and all the different things, good things uh, that, are, that are going on. So, Israel is called to be a blessing to the, uh, to the nations and continues to do so because God has given descendants. God has given descendants. Now, another thing, another way that God has blessed Israel for the, for the purpose of being a blessing to the nations is not only in just numbers of people and generation after generation after generation, but the Torah itself. The Torah itself is uh, a blessing that God uh, gave to, uh, to Israel. So it's very interesting when we read uh, about the Torah. In uh, um, well, in this, I'll just turn to this week's Torah portion. In Deuteronomy chapter thirty, you read this. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter thirty, in verse nineteen, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life 
in order that you may live, you and your descendants. But so that we wouldn't get confused, he goes on to say in the next verse, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. So what is the definition here of uh, life, blessing, right? It is following the Lord, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him. Well, I, I could make a whole sermon out of what does that mean? And that means uh, to obey his voice, to obey his commandments, ordinances, statutes, all of those, all those things. Uh, there are a number of places where it talks about that this is for your good. You know, uh, a great place is way, way later in Jewish history, in Nehemiah's day. Nehemiah gives this fantastic speech uh, that we would do well to, uh, to remember. Okay? Uh, in Nehemiah chapter 9, uh, just a couple of verses, verses 29 to 31. Actually, uh, the, the sentence begins in verse 28. Uh, but as soon as they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore thou didst abandon them to the, to the hand of their enemies. So they ruled over them. When they cried again, again to thee, thou didst hear from heaven. And many times thou didst rescue them according to thy compassion and admonish them in order to turn them back to thy law. Yet they acted arrogantly and did not listen to thy commandments, but sinned against thine ordinances, by which if a man observes them, he shall live. And they turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck and would not listen. However, thou didst bear with them for many years and admonish them by, this, by thy spirit through thy prophets, yet they would not give ear. Therefore thou didst give them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, in thy great compassion, thou didst not make an end to them or forsake them, for thou art a gracious and compassionate God. So, the, the, uh, there's a lot of things there, but it's quite clear that he gave the Torah to Israel for, for blessing, for an abundant life, not as a bunch of rules and regulations, but as a way of life that is uh, abundant. And by this, the nations would know that Israel has this relationship with God. We read that all over the place, that the nations would see Israel and see how they conduct themselves, see how they live, see their descendants, and see that, wow, they have a un their God is unique. They have this unique relationship, uh, indeed, with God. So God infuses them with abundant life so that Israel then can be an abundant life to the nations. So there is uh, descendants, there is Torah, and then, of course, there is indeed land. There is the land of Eretz Yisrael. And, and the way the land is described in the Bible is this beautiful land of milk and honey and, and of life and, and of abundance. And, and that is what God gives Israel that we can call blessing as well. And so the land God gives them. It's not simply a staging ground for blessing, 
But it is, uh, it is a blessing. And the prophets speak about the day when, you know, when Israel doesn't walk with God, they're chastised and lose the blessing of uh, the temporal aspect of the blessing. Right there in what Nehemiah says, he says it all. That when the people disobey, uh, they're not able to appropriate the blessing. When they obey, then they can appropriate the, the, uh, the blessing. Okay, And uh, the land, we read that the people leave the land in disobedience, but then again, uh, but then again re- return. And you know, it's very interesting, in the New Covenant... Some would say there, uh, the land, there is no uh, promise of land in, in the Brit Chadashah. But I would disagree, I, because the land is part of the, what, what some would call the particularity of Israel, the calling of Israel. In other words, what, what many would teach is that God called out Israel until Yeshua came. Once Yeshua comes, there's no particular calling on Israel, and now it's less universal. But that is not what the Bible teaches. At all, okay? In uh, the New Covenant, uh, I will just say this. Read Matthew 24 real carefully, okay? He's talking about uh, the return from the four corners of the earth of Jewish people to the land, all right? Uh, That's why he says, pray that that, uh, bad things don't happen on a Shabbat so that you uh, don't have to flee on a Shabbat. I think he's talking to Jewish people. There were no Seventh-day Adventists in that day, okay? He's talking to Jewish people, all right? But then in Romans chapter 11, in Romans 11, certainly we read this in verse 26. The deliverer will, all Israel shall be saved, just as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Uh, From the standpoint of the gospel, they're enemies for your sake, but from the standpoint of God's choice, They are beloved for the sake of the fathers, the fathers being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts and the calling of God to Israel are irrevocable. Land is a part of that irrevocable covenant. Descendants, Torah, land, being a blessing to the nations. None of it ends. It continues on. That is why when Yeshua returns, he's coming to Jerusalem. That is why all the nations are going to come to Eretz Yisrael to see the Messiah. That is why when the Lord returns and the nations come to Israel, they're going to be celebrating Sukkot. See, the centrality of this uh, calling of Israel continues. And, And Israel is called to bless the nations, and the nations are called to bless Israel to this very day. Today, we are living in a day when God has uh, uh, called many people from the nations, right, to embrace Yeshua and participate uh, in, uh, in blessing. Blessing being relating to God. The particular aspects of God's blessing upon Israel in order to be a blessing of the nations is still part of the particularity of Israel. And we read very clearly that uh, when Paul in Ephesians is talking about blessing upon nations and sharing in the blessing, he calls it the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
And then when he talks about how it plays out, when he says in the beginning of chapter 4, when he says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, he is talking, he's teaching them Torah. He's not teaching them about rituals. He's not teaching them about tzitzit. He's not teaching them uh, about uh, the particular, the particularity of Israel. He's talking to them about the ethics and morals and the relating to one another that is the blessing of God that God gives uh, to humanity. And so as Messiah followers, we are called, just like Israel's, we are called to be a blessing to the nations, to the pagans. We are called to bless one another. We are called to, uh, as the uh, being removed from the domain of darkness of the kingdom of his beloved son, we participate uh, as Israel and we participate as those who share the blessing of Israel. See? Uh, and so it all goes back to chapter 12 here of, uh, of Genesis. And I'll just close by saying this. You know, uh, on Thursdays, um, uh, we have our uh, bar bat mitzvah, bar bat avraham lessons. And so, uh, I, I, in my little uh, class on Thursday, was talking about uh, the fact that Genesis chapter 12 in the Bible is why we have a messianic congregation, why we even exist, right? That God has called us to, as, as Jewish Messiah followers, to self-define ourselves continuously as Jews. God doesn't call us to stop being Jewish when we come to know the Messiah of Israel, right? And then God calls, God calls all Messiah followers to be a blessing to Israel, but some take the extra step and say, I'm going to identify with Israel, with the Jewish people, and I'm going to do so by being part of a Messianic Jewish community and all that goes with that, see? And I said, that's why, uh, that's why I said to this young lady, that's why you're having a Bat Abraham. And that's why it's so important that you can't have the calling of Israel without the nations right there. The calling of uh, God uh, uh, to Abraham is just as much a calling of God upon his descendants as it is upon the nations. It affects everybody because this is where blessing, the blessing that God desires to give to mankind comes from. It is rooted in this relationship between God and, and uh, Israel. And that is why, finally, in Romans chapter 11, Paul makes this great statement. He says this, If their rejection be the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? In other words, that it hinges on, on uh, Israel fulfilling her calling to be a blessing. And that hinges on Israel knowing Messiah Yeshua. And uh, uh, all the more reason for us to be sharing that message with our people. That's what he means. For of their rejection, be the re rejection of Yeshua, be the reconciliation of the world. What will their acceptance of Yeshua be but life from the dead? Uh, and so as you can tell, wow, there's a lot in that Genesis chapter 12. And we'll see how it unfolds in, uh, in the book of Genesis. As Genesis unfolds, we will see what happens when Abraham is obedient and how, how nations are blessed, and what happens when Abraham is disobedient, what happens to nations.
we see how God, how the, how the sons of Israel work out this, this mutual blessing upon each other in the relationship of brothers in the book of Genesis. We'll see, finally, the climax of the book of Genesis is how the, that small group of, uh, of Jewish people, the sons of Israel, become a blessing to mighty Egypt. And, and so what, what we see is the beginning of the working out of Abraham being blessed, of his descendants being blessed, of them living out the Torah way of life, uh, and of being a blessing to the nations. And that will continue all the way through the Bible with the vicissitudes of light, with blessings and challenges upon the, the people, to, and now continuing to this very day. And we look forward to that day when the Messiah will indeed return, when all Israel will be saved. For indeed, when that day happens, that will indeed be a day of blessing for this world. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you, uh, God, for the blessing, the bless that you did not give up uh, your desire to bless mankind because of sin. Thank you, Lord, that when the Messiah came, he broke the curse and the bondage uh, of sin. And Lord, thank you uh, that uh, today, uh, as Messiah follows, we can experience even, we can appropriate more of that blessing. But thank you, Lord, for your desire to bless. Lord, and we look forward to that day of a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And when, when the blessing will be just poured out as it was back in the garden. Lord, thank you for your desire to give us life abundantly. Thank you for Yeshua, for in him we live that life. And we pray in Messiah's name.